0: Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I am Taylor Trask. And I'm Todd A. And Todd, it is episode 97. And I say that with authority because we're cheating a little bit, first of all, right? We are, you know, this show started as the Todd and Taylor show where, strangely enough, we did talk about comics on the very first episode we ever touched. On many of them. yeah and on many of them too and then you know it became coffee and comics uh somewhere along the way we spun off our game of thrones discussions into its own show called wednesday and westeros and then uh coffee and comics became panelism and so we've been doing this for quite a while but as you know we sort of you mentioned it after we finished recording last time that hey we're getting close to 100 and then i was just as i was putting the show notes together i was like oh my god this is episode 97 yeah we're almost there holy crap yeah so That's what do you mean? Does that excite you? Terrify you? What's the, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It's, uh, I don't know. It doesn't really terrify me. I, um, it is, it's kind of cool to look back at that and go. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of, a lot of of me talking about things.
0: A lot that. of time. But at the same time, what's kind of cool too is that it feels like we're finally getting our shit together a little bit. You know, like we've got this new brand. We're really, you know, kicking up our Instagram presence. If you're not following us on Instagram, go search for panelism.ink. We have been putting up a lot of cool stuff there. So it's yeah. like it's kind of like we're, you know, we're finally we're at high school graduation time, you know, like the the days of sort of, you know, what are we gonna be when we grow up? That's all done. <laughs> like we're we're there. We're 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 a, embarking on a whole new adventure
1: just hearing you talk about it excites me <laughs> i i do feel like it's funny like you know on one hand it's like oh man three and a half years of this or more and um you know approaching 100 episodes of this and i don't know 20 something of wednesday and westeros plus we did a couple of uh you know, we we tried sort of spinning out different topics at times into American Gods and uh, missing the '80s. <laughs> Let's never and talk we're, about that American Gods. We're, we're rolling those episodes back into this, I think. So if you go through the archives, they're there. Uh, but it's um, but it's well, I guess what's funny to me is that we we basically started out as the Todd and Taylor Show with this ongoing joke of like, is this the best name for us? Does this really sum up what we are? And yeah. I feel like we finally got there, but we definitely didn't have all our ducks in a row before we launched, which is, I don't know. I, I like that approach. I don't, yeah. Well, it's kind of like uh, have this name. We wouldn't have made a hundred episodes. Oh that, God. No, no, yeah. no, no,
0: no. And it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people who do podcasting will admit it is sort of a, you know, searching through the dark to find some. you know, you're, you're sort of feeling around trying to figure out what works. Um, there's a lot of elements, you know, a, you have to get along with your co-host. So, you know, good good for us there you know we don't hate yeah, no kidding yet, which is is kind of fascinating um but then it's like you know what's the brand what's the topic Discuss. you know we it, we kind of banged around for a while and we keep coming back to comics like that seems to be the thing that we're always the most interested in talking about we have no shortage of books to talk about or things in comics to talk about so it's it's kind of cool we're gonna have to talk separately about what the hell our 100th episode is going to be it should probably be something exciting i would think
1: 100 comic book reviews
0: (laughs) that's right a marathon a marathon
1: or a a 100 hour podcast
0: or we could just do a a review a minute for 100 minutes and just be like you know just have a timer that would be exhausting both for the listener and for us i think at some point one of us is gonna have to pee and
1: that's gonna be really funny to see i would finally get a chance to be like sucks sucks sucks
0: (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) loved it Great. art, like I feel like at some point during that, I would just be, I'd become really repetitive. Like, oh, great art. Great story. You know, what, what can you say next up? well oh, great art. Just amazing story. One
1: of our best picks. I've, it would just become silly. <laughs> I, <laughs> such a dumb segue or sidebar that uh, I was, so where someplace I was this weekend, I got prompted by my Android, like, let others know what you think about this coffee shop. And I was like, all right, five stars. And what I, like, I'd hit, finally hit the level where they invited me to become a local guide. Oh, yay! Congrats. <laughs> Welcome. And so then that prompts you to like review like the last like 40 places you've been. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, five stars, loved it. Five stars, loved it. Five stars, loved it. Two stars, hate the vibe. Yeah. Five stars, loved it. Five stars, loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, how Google- I'll approach episode 100
0: don't let Google trick you like this local guide thing you feel all special and then it's like we're gonna put you to work and then you just like you're they're oh, constantly yeah. like hey there's five photos here which of these do you like do you know if this place has handicap accessible parking like I don't what and it's like and it takes things that like you've never mm. reviewed and it's like hey we noticed you drove by this gas station do you know <laughs> do you, it's like I don't know it,
1: stop asking me like I'm not oh, so God, you no. are an insider <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: apparently it thinks i am I and mean, it's like I'll, uh, I'll search for a sushi place it's like does a sushi place have great sushi i was like i haven't been i haven't even eaten there yet well, i don't you've, know you've
1: nailed all the things that happened to me after that i was like wait what are these places i've never been to these places then i realized like oh it's next door to like when i filled my car up with gas like no, what oh man yeah, yeah it's prompting me for all that you know uh all the answers to questions and photos and blah 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 anyway anyway that's, that's how we're doing episode 100 all right. Fair enough. Well, on
0: episode 79,
1: which is this episode <laughs> oh that you're listening my to right now. Oh, that's amazing that you did some research to our own wait Wait, no, uh, did I
0: say 79? I said, I mean, 97. Good Lord. Oh, sorry. I thought
1: you were going back. to reference what was on number 79.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Just this is episode 97, which you're listening to hopefully still and uh we have a book an episode that we review this is my book pick on this episode and i have picked i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna like lead into it i'm just gonna tell you what it is before watchman ozymandias slash crimson corsair
1: now whoa whoa whoa! whoa, hold on what crimson corsair is like uh is that a story arc name
0: no, so Oz, it, uh, all the before Watchmen titles uh, are split between uh, two, um, basically two trade paperbacks. Oh, um, oh gotcha. Yeah. You know, yeah one yeah. of them is like Minutemen and then Silk Spectre. So they collected right. um, single issues and then they put these hardcover trade paperbacks, but it's like two, two collected stories in each. Now, this one is a little tricky because the Ozzyman Diaz story is most of it. Crimson Corsair was a thing that appeared at the end of each individual issue and so they collected it all and popped ah, it in here and ooh. there's also the kind of bonus feature of a one shot around Dollar Bill, which is one of the Minutemen characters. So I'm going to break this down uh, into each of these three sections. Diaz, written by Len Wine, art by Jay Lee or Jai Lee I haven't yet figured out how he pronounces that name I believe it's Jay. Jay, okay <clears throat> and color by June Chung We'll get more into that in a second curse of the crimson Corsair also written by Len wine and John Higgins art by John Higgins and then the dollar bill one shot written by Len wine again. He's a busy guy and art by Steve rude with color by Glenn Whitmore. Um, So I'm going to come back into, I'll kind of break each of these down focusing mostly on the Ozymandias arc because that's the most interesting um, spoilers. The crimson Corsair part is not that great. So I'm not going to (laughs) spend much time on it um but let's kind of pull back for a second if you don't know if you're like before Watchmen, what is that about four Ugh. or five years ago is that right yeah about four no actually about five or six years ago it was about 2012 2013 uh dc yep. had this brilliant idea they're like hey people like that watchman book let's do prequels and there was a lot of like oh god please don't a lot of people were very nervous about this I, you know clearly alan moore wants nothing to do with this um you know alan moore the original writer of Watchmen is notorious for saying, do not take my work and do other things with it. I will decide when the time and place is right. DC said, we don't care. We're going to put this out. You know, uh, They convinced Len Wein to, to, to write a bunch of them, kind of spearhead it, and uh, off they went. And they put them all out as single issues. So there's um, you know, an arc of issues for The Comedian, an arc of issues for Dr. Manhattan, for Night Owl, for Osmond Diaz. And there was a bunch of one-shots that they put out uh, amongst those. And then, like I said, at the end of each is a little teaser for this Crimson Corsair thing, which they really – tried to make like the new version of Don of uh, the night treader I, I think that's what's the original like don is uh, the night- the,
1: wait are you talking about the uh the pirate thing
0: yeah and the original Watchmen. So it's like
1: the black black um... yeah you're
0: right. I, I just brain farted that one we'll come back to that uh yeah look yeah, that yeah. up while i continue on here i'm on it i feel like a terrible watchman fan i am a huge watchman fan in fact if you haven't listened to any of our other episodes Watchmen was kind of my big uh gateway drug back into comics um in 2011 2012 that was you know i had seen i'd been into comics a little bit you know as a kid uh largely through the he-man toy comics the little booklets that came out a few other things here and there ninja turtles now and then um but when the Watchmen movie came out i was a huge fan of that movie and a lot of people you know will probably scream into the in the speaker no the movie's terrible but i loved the movie Interestingly enough, I loved the movie and wanted to know the source material better, and so I grabbed um, a you know kind of a really nice hardcover version of Watchmen, the book, and just devoured it. Loved everything about it. Loved what it did. Loved how it subverted uh, the grid system. Used it to tell you know sort of the thematic story. I loved how Alan Moore put in all sort of the, the little asides, the newspaper clippings, the interviews. Um, book excerpts from stuff inside the world. I just love Watchmen. I will do an entire Watchmen-centric episode later on in 2019. Um, Ooh, so we'll be able to dive into Maybe, maybe. We'll dive more into that then. So having loved everything about Watchmen, I was really in the bag for this before Watchmen stuff. I was going to give it a, 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 a taste. And strangely enough, the Ozymane Diaz book I'm holding now actually was the first uh, before Watchmen thing I consumed I just bought the trade sight unseen based on the fact that oh. I wanted to know more about Ozymandias and got really lucky in the fact that it's a really freaking great great story
1: whoa so you didn't buy any of the single issues to kind of test the waters
0: no no I'd oh. seen them. I'd seen them but I was like you know what and I was still as I'm as I am today I'm still I'll go to the trade paperback or the graphic novel first Single issues, I will definitely do if I'm if I'm either impatient or if I feel like the the single issue has some really cool collector's value or there's a cool variant or I just think it's a better consumed story of single issues. You know, we've talked about that yeah. a little bit.
1: I uh, do I think this is so interesting because, and we may just want to maybe I should just tap this and we circle back to it later. But I was picking up single issues of different before Watchmen titles. And even went to a, a Before Watchmen panel at DragonCon, I think, in 2013. And that, I think it was the single issues that sort of turned me off of it. Whereas if they had just come out as trades, yeah, I probably would have picked up a couple and really enjoyed them. So that's that's the thing I, we should talk about later.
0: I love the trade format. They're hardcover trades, uh, at least the ones that I have. I don't have them all. I actually grabbed one digitally, too. I, I, I grabbed the... um uh dr manhattan night owl one digitally the only one i don't have is the comedian one
1: uh oh, just because okay. i
0: heard that story was the weakest of them all um I, from all the people i've re- read reviews of the Mandia story is the strongest and the comedian story is the weakest and then everything else kind of fits in between so i kind of i kind of got lucky um yeah. but i love the the physical artifact of having this book is is wonderful um let me just do a quick back of the cover yeah, reading. Yeah to that. get you into it the prequels to the best-selling graphic novel of all time are finally here before watchman to what lengths won't adrian Vite go to become the world's smartest man what sacrifices won't he make who won't he push out of his way before watchman ozyman diaz paints an uncompromising portrait of a man whose altruistic desire to write a corrupt planet might come at the cost of his humanity and then uh, goes on, collected in its entirety for the first time is The Curse of the Crimson Corsair, a harrowing tale of an accursed pirate with eerie similarities to the darkly memorable Watchman counterpart, Tales of the Black Freighter. There's the title. Yep. And then finally, Dollar Bill begins as a concept, a film mascot for a popular financial institution, but after a publicity stunt goes further than he can imagine, the actor may be more of a hero than he ever bargained for. Legendary writer La Len Wein, or Len Ween Swamp Thing, with celebrated artists Joe, uh, Jai Lee, Stephen King's The Dark Tower, John Higgins, Hellblazer, and Steve Rude. Nexus reveal the never-before-seen histories of the world before Watchmen. Now, it is. I want to focus real quick before we get into the details on just the fact that this is a controversial series. A lot of people said we don't need it, much like we're seeing right now with the HBO Watchmen series that even I'm like, I don't... Yeah, do we don't we need that. You need that? Like in. Everything that keeps coming out about that series just makes me go I don't I'm I'm into the Watchmen universe but I don't think we need that HBO series. I'll be happily proven wrong if if it looks that I way would, but
1: I would also say we don't need the Doomsday Clock DC oh, God. <laughs> yeah, mega event right now.
0: That was completely pointless. This however is not. This the Before Watchmen series, and I'll focus, you know, obviously this is the the Diaz book, but the Minutemen uh, book, the uh, storyline, the Silk Spectre one, um, the Night Owl one, the Dr. Manhattan one, they are really, really good at filling in and contextualizing these characters in a way that really honors the original uh, Watchmen book. They all occur before Watchmen, but a lot of them take you up to the events that literally – Begin the Watchmen book, and the Osmond Diaz one is certainly that. It it takes you from his birth, essentially, from Adrian Veidt's birth, right up into that moment where he knocks or doesn't knock. He he um, breaks down the comedian's door to murder him. So you see mm-hmm. that context, and they also do this wonderful thing where events in one Before Watchmen series, uh, you you'll see them, and then you'll see it reflected in another. You know another book. So like, there's a couple events in the Ozymandias Diaz story that you see then uh, from another point of view in the Minutemen story or the Silk Specter story. Um, you know that that famous scene where uh, uh, you know they're all gathered you know, the the modern Watchmen are gathered around and um, you know it's in the movie it's Adrian Veidt who's got the map and then the comedian lights the map on fire in the. In the actual Watchmen book, it's not. It's one of the original Minutemen. But that that famous scene is reflected in everybody's story. So it's mm. really it really provides context. The comedian one is the only one that I think it's mostly his his stint in Vietnam. I'm not sure yeah. if we need that. And I've just I've flipped through it a couple of times trying to convince myself that it's worth it. And it's just I don't. That's the only one that I'll, I'm not that thrilled about. But all of these are great. Um, let's delve into the Ozzy one. So. First and foremost, Jay Lee's illustrations with Jun Chung's color is a work of art. If you've ever seen Jay Lee's stuff before, oh, um, it's so he's got a very, very specific way of illustrating. It's you do not see that that style of illustration usually anywhere else. Once you see it and you know it's him, you recognize it everywhere. I was really uh, happy to see you know, when I was reading um, Superman American Alien. Uh, you know, each each issue or each chapter is designed by different artists. So you get a different glimpse of Clark Kent's life through a different artist's eyes. As soon as the Jay Lee chapter starts, I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's that guy. And I had to like, you know, go back and kind of reacquaint myself with his, Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's a him. His, yes, uh, it is. Okay, great. I'm just making sure I don't go this whole episode um, with his catalog. And then the difference though, the June Chung coloring is just exquisite like i don't typically shout out colorists as much as i should on the show but like this is just it is gorgeous color um especially if you've seen jay lee's work in other iterations with somebody else coloring it this just is outstanding the shading the simplicity um a lot of the um a lot of the panels don't have elaborate backgrounds. It's very character centric, so you'll see an, a, a gorgeously shadowed and colored character with a just single color background um, contrasting them uh, you know in, in the foreground. so it's there's it's very very character centric um, uh, there's also a beautiful subversion of the panel system here. Um, they don't you don't see this in a lot of the other before watchman titles, but they really went out of their way to utilize circles and uh the shapes of panels to really drive the story there's a lot of inverted uh mirroring going on so it it helps to have the actual physical book so when you open it up the left side you know will have a circle the right Uh side will have an an inverted version of that circle there's a lot of playing around with that so that honors you know the original uh Mm -hmm. format of watchmen in a really cool way
1: now is there a specific uh ozymandias reason for doing that like is that is there a specific like character reason for the circles especially or the symmetry
0: it feels like and maybe i'm just dense and i haven't noticed a more obvious ver- uh, answer to that question but it feels to me like it is very mathematical very calculated yeah and so as the story goes on you know it, it's all a look into how uh, how adrian veid thinks and so he's very calculated he's very methodical yeah. and just sort of the the TikTok, you know, just the, the, the symmetry of everything I think mirrors that. I think that it seems like that's sort of what they were going for. Right. There's also a very smooth, clean presentation reminds me a lot of a bond movie, you know, just the way characters are posed and positioned. Um, you know, there's a lot of very interesting, elegant kind of staging of characters. Everybody's very sexy, very mm-hmm. sophisticated, um, You know, all the all the fights, you know, when you see Rorschach and he's kicking somebody, it's very stylized. You know, it looks like it's, you know, it's going to freeze frame in a bond. You know, music is going to start playing or something behind it. So that's really cool. As far as the story goes, you get a like I said, you get the full backstory of Adrian Veidt. um, But in this case, he's always the protagonist. So, you know, spoilers in Watchmen, he ends up being the bad guy uh, at the end. You come into this book knowing that, you know, knowing that he's going to do this terrible thing, but the book never paints him, you know, as sort of a villain. He's always the protagonist. He's always sort of moving through the world. So you never think of, you never think of him in that way. There's actually not a villain.
1: So is is it like you're getting the feeling that he's telling you this story and that's why he's the protagonist?
0: He's narrating the entire, the entire thing. Gotcha. It's all almost exclusively. I would say 90% of it is him and his thoughts. Speech. Uh, Oh, right. There's, there's some dialogue, you know, as he meets different characters and things, but it's a lot of him observing and talking, which is important because you just get a, a bigger sense of his, of his, uh, of how he thinks. Um, It does, like I said, intersect brilliantly with the events of Watchmen itself and also the other before Watchmen titles. The one interesting thing about it is he is presented as as a totally omniscient character. He knows everything. He knows everything that's happening to him. Uh, He knows, you know, he's always 10 steps of everybody else, even you, the reader. So you really are just seeing him lay out in in sort of this kind of condensed timeline, you know, his life what he wants the world to be it's it's a lot like you know if you've ever read any so sort of, any sort of those uh, uh dc god characters like the phantom stranger um or anything like that it feels like that it feels like he's this kind of omniscient godlike character moving through this world and you just kind of have to keep up with him but it, in that regard it's a character study of the man adrian Veidt. you get to see his insecurities you get to see his failures as as few as they are um, you get to see why you know things that he intentionally cuts away from his life to make him stronger or smarter. Um, you never really care, or you know, you never fear for or care about his fate. You know he's going to live to see the events of Watchmen. Um, so you never really, you're never really concerned about his well being. You know, right. it's not one of those stories. It's, it is very much a character study. Um, this would be a really good, there's something kind of, there's almost like a Shakespearean quality to it in that regard. You know, you get to see this kind of tragic character ultimately and and what, what forges that, um, in some ways. And it is, again, it's about learning how his mind works. One of the things that you do learn that I found really interesting is that he struggles with loneliness and it's kind of a really interesting twist. His parents, um, you know, kind of his upbringing and and, and you know his parents' uh, fate is interesting to learn about. He hmm. does have this uh, uh, this very deep romantic relationship with a woman. Um, something happens to her, so that 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 drives him further into this this sort of lonely position. Um, real quick I, on that. Uh, yeah, I, I did
1: not think he was um, a heterosexual man.
0: Well, yeah, in Watchmen. Um, you know, Rorschach mentions the fact, yeah, you know, I think in the book even too, like he mentions the right. fact that like, you know, Adrian Vite might be, you know, possible homosexual. Um, there's, there's always been this cloud of, is he gay over the Adrian Veidt character? So it was really interesting to see him right out of the gate. You know, like they, you know, they, they say, oh no, he's going to have sex with a woman and he's you know, very much, he's a man of the world. I do think though, that the loss and the loneliness he feels pushes him to be completely asexual. Which mm. is where Rorschach can't square that in his own mind, so yeah, then he yeah. thinks he's gay, which is really interesting. That's an that's an interesting con- contextual layer, even if Alan Moore didn't intend that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that they've sort of you know they've back padded his character to make him even more complex. Well, yeah, um, and
1: I I haven't read it, but just hearing you describe that, like the first thing that jumped out in my mind was maybe the uh, maybe Rorschach's like meant to show us the. I don't know. Like maybe the, the relationship with the woman fell apart because he really is gay and maybe,
0: well, you know, n- but, no, no, oh, the, the okay. woman gotcha. something very permanent happens to her. Oh, okay. um, gotcha. and so he loses, he loses her very permanently.
1: And so it's it becomes uh, even more isolated and lonely.
0: Yeah. And he does, he even says that he's like, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. He uh, has a series of like a, of of female assistants who are kind of like his number, you know, his number two essentially. Yeah. But as that person knows more about his plans, he has to, he basically has to knock them off so that no one oh, person God. knows, you know? So he, he has these women who are very close to him and know him and know his secrets. And then they eventually have to all die, you know, for one reason or another. So you know, Ubestus, his, his uh, genetically engineered, uh, you know, cat creature that he has, um, kind of becomes his one and only true friend, which is, you know, a little sad at the end of the day. This man who has, who's infinitely intelligent, infinitely skilled, um, you know, has very effortlessly built up this empire of money and wealth and, and influence. He just can't, he just can't relate to people. You know, he's yeah. just, he 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 could but he doesn't want to get hurt and he feels like that just constantly is a weakness in his own mind so he just you know like like every sort of tragic male character after power they just sort of you know the more the more power they amass the more isolated they they yeah. feel and then and, you know sort of put that on themselves
1: so um, you mentioned um that you know when you bring up uh what happens in Watchmen and what Alan Moore you know, it gives an an interesting twist to what Alan Moore was writing. Um, do, do we know anything about like, was anything in before Watchmen based on any notes of Moore's or anything like that? Like As
0: far as I can tell, uh, no, um, this wow. is all whole cloth because Alan Moore just had have There's yeah. no way he was ever going to endorse this. So there's yeah. no feedback, no input.
1: Um, you know, that's maybe- absolutely the pre- impression I got. You know, I mean, maybe
0: Dave Gibbons chimed in from time to time. Dave Gibbons, uh, if you don't know, illustrated uh, Watchmen. And it, it, that's almost diminishing his role. He and Alan Moore co-created that book. You yeah. know, very, They were in symbiosis. It was Lennon and McCartney making that book. Um, so Dave, Dave, And Dave Gibbons has been much, much, much more sort of open to you know, the fandom and yeah. you know, other
1: things. Alan Moore was, sort of looks at a, it like this. Uh, Watchmen panel that I saw at Comic-Con when the movie came out
0: yeah and he's always the yeah. one you know when they do reissues of the books dave gibbons is the guy that does like the forwards and like commentary yeah. stuff and i mean alan Moore sort of looks at it as as watchman especially and then v for vendetta too as sort of like these you know finite literary pieces that there should be nothing else they exist that's it um league of extraordinary gentlemen he's a little bit more loose with i think but uh <laughs> well but somebody Watchmen... should
1: talk about how terrible the art in v for vendetta is <laughs>
0: Oh, don't even start! I, I'm just gonna plant this seed right now. I I like the movie way more than I like the book.
1: I have never even attempted to read the book because every time I picked it up, I'm like, this is gross. The, the art is not
0: the art is not good, and yeah. we're gonna get a lot of flack for that. But like the movie is almost perfect. The book, it struggle. It's a struggle. I own it because I'm like, it's one of those important graphic novels that everybody should own. But it is every year I I pop it open thinking, okay now I'm ready. And every year I'm like, nope. It's just not, it's a tough read. I've gotten through the whole thing, but it is a tough, tough sit. Um, we'll cover that in another episode. But uh, one other thing I want to mention, like uh, Diaz is a character. He interacts, you know, you see his first meeting with Rorschach, his first meeting with the comedian. And actually it's it's his meetings with the comedian that are really interesting. He runs into the comedian a couple different times and that actually informs his uh, his outlook on the world, um, you know, both privately, but then also you know, when he's with other heroes and stuff. The comedian is represented in this book really, really well, um, which makes you know his his individual storyline in Before Watchmen all the more frustrating because it's so wonky. This is the comedian that I think everybody wants to see. It's it is fantastic. Mm. Um, one other thing he mentioned he does interact briefly too with Moloch. So if you know uh, oh, yeah. Watchmen as a book, Moloch is sort of this super villain they're always referring to, and you see him, um, you know, sort of retired and and just sad in the in the Watchmen universe. In these before Watchmen books, I think every story arc references Moloch in some way, shape, or form, and in this one, he's. Um, he's really well done. Like you get to, you get a sense of how dangerous he might've been. He's kind of like a drug huh. kingpin. He's represented, you know, kind of as this, as this very smooth leisure sort of gangster character. And so you really get a sense of, Oh, Moloch was probably a big deal at one point. That's cool. They don't dwell on it. Um, cause it's not a Moloch, you know, it's not the Moloch book. There's actually a Moloch one shot, uh, really? in before Watchmen that, that is interesting. Uh, we'll talk about it another time, but I just want to throw that out there. Cause it, it's cool to see every, uh, every slice of before Watchmen sort of flesh out the universe in their own way. Um, I don't, I'm really curious if there was a master outline that they're all working off of or, hmm. or how that worked, but it's, it's cause you know, some, you know, one, one book or one uh, uh, story arc will reference a, a series of events in one way. And you'll see that represented very differently through somebody else's eyes or another artist's eyes. So anyway, so I don't want to, I don't want to dwell too much on it. It's just a great, great story. If you like Ozymandias as a character at all, uh, you're going to learn a lot more about him. You'll, you'll, you'll be almost more jazzed up to just go back and reread Watchmen again after you get through this because it really does flesh out his character. Yeah. I think of all the characters in Watchmen, he's the most mysterious on purpose, you know, yeah. largely. But this gives you, you know, you just. You just you're you're starved to see like Jude Law and like you know as Ozzy, As Adrian Biden in some movie or something you know after reading this like some some character could really do this well, mm. um, and after and again the I can't say enough about the Jay Lee um, artwork it's just just freaking gorgeous yeah real He's, quick a uh, quick oh, shout yeah. out the Crimson Corsair portion of the other. <laughs> yeah i just i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say much about it It's just it's it's so bleak and dark the john higgins art is good but it's just he has this color palette that is just it it's it's a tough sit it's like it is the comic version of vigo mortensen in the road you know that cormac mm, mccarthy uh book turn- <laughs> it just it looks depressing everything is just you know just sad and depressing i i read through it once and i was like i don't this is just not they they didn't need to do it you know they it, it was clear they're like well we need our version of the tales uh, of the black freighter that's a and it's just, it's just not it doesn't have any sort of commentary you know how the uh, the, the beauty of the uh, tales of the black freighter is that it tangentially comments on a chapter in watchmen in a mm-hmm. really sort of specific way this kind of does but when you when you remove it from the context of the individual issues, you totally lose that. And then just as it's on its own, it's just not as strong or interesting story at all. So it is, you yeah. can skip it dollar bill. On the other hand is a really cool little one shot. I actually, strangely enough, I bought the dollar bill one shot before I bought this book.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, I, i'm sort of contradicting what i mentioned in the beginning i did because the dollar bill one shot cover was really cool and i'm like well that's kind of neat dollar they're doing a comic about dollar bill as a character how weird i grabbed it so then when i found it you know when i knew it, it was part of this um uh this trade i was i was even more excited because like oh here it is again it's really freaking cool it's it's a great introduction um to the before watchmen minutemen characters uh character arc there's an entire uh uh series of before Watchmen, the Minutemen. And so you get like their backstory, which is probably mm. my second favorite thing after the Osmond Dias storyline. You, you They really delve into the history of the Minutemen and I love it. So if you want a taste of that, uh, this dollar bill um, one shot is really cool. It's uh, just bright, colorful, beautiful art, very reminiscent of the golden age comics, which is appropriate because the Minutemen took place in the thirties and forties. So this is kind of a, an homage to that. It is a heartbreaking little story, though. It really emphasize, uh, emphasizes the idea that there are these regular people with no superpowers at all, no money. You know, it's it's they're yeah. just regular dudes and 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 girl and ladies engaging in this insane act of dressing up and fighting armed criminals. So you have this guy, you know, this actor who just sort of stumbles into this audition. This bank makes him dollar bill. You know, and so he's kind of like, kind of like Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, you know, that movie where Steve Rogers is just going on stage doing these these PR tours, essentially <laughs> kind of like yeah. that, very reminiscent of that. And then he gets brought into the Minutemen, which is supposed to just kind of be a uh, a publicity thing too. But then they actually start, you know, solving crimes and, and stuff. And mm, then he just, you know, just
1: like the real Minutemen on the border, right?
0: <laughs>
1: something like <that>. solving crimes, <laughs> wearing oh, costumes.
0: But then he you know like it's it's you see a glimpse of it in the very beginning of the Watchmen movie where you see Dollar Bill his cape got caught in the in the turnstile door and he's been shot to death. Oh my and, god. I mean that's in the movie. That's in the very be- in you in the in the very right, right, beginning right, yeah. of the movie where you hear, like the times they are to change and you know you Yeah. The Bob Dylan song's playing and you see all these beautiful little vignettes at the beginning of the movie. Well that Dollar Bill in the in the doorway thing it's you you get to find out how that happened in this little one shot. Um so it's just it's it's a lovely little thing, and then at, of course at the end of the whole uh, uh, graphic novel, there's a bunch of DVD extras, all the all variant covers um, mm. for the Adrian Byte stuff, which are really interesting and cool. You get a couple Adrian uh, variant covers for Dollar Bill. Is there a, a variant for the? No, there is no variant for the Crimson Corsair because of course not. <laughs> and you get a couple other you know little uh, you know sketches and concept drawings and stuff too. So. All in all, just a really cool, um, really cool. If you're into Watchmen at all, if you're into really good uh, DC storytelling, highly recommend this. I have it in physical uh, hardcover, which I think is is the best format for it. But I would imagine that this artwork is going to look gorgeous on digital too. So you know, if you want to sort of want to take a stab at it, maybe grab a digital single issue and then and then decide from there. If you're a fan of Watchmen, if you're also a fan of stories like Batman Year One. I would recommend this that, you know, you get to see once, once Adrian Veidt takes on the Ozymandias, uh personality, you know, how you even get to see how he chose the costume and all that stuff. <laughs> there's like, you know, there's like the scene of him going out on his first night and sort of figuring out how to fight crime for the first time. So there's that whole year one kind of motif. And you get to you feel about, you know, get, get a sense of that. But if you also like, you know, the dark Knight returns, and all of Batman's internal monologues—you'll love this too, because it's it's <laughs> it's Adrian Veidt just talking about what he thinks and what he sees and what, how he's deducing things the whole time.
1: I love the idea of thinking of every heroic Batman story now as just being told from Batman's point of view. And if you told it from the bystanders, they're like, "Jesus Christ, this guy's a psychopath." Yeah.
0: Well, there's <laughs> an, there's an interesting thread because you know Adrian Veidt. Uh, He's a self-made billionaire, but he's still like you know has infinite resources. Yeah. Um, a thriving corporate empire that he can use to, you know, supplement his his crime fighting or eventually his his plan to sort of shock the world into into peace. Um, so there's a there is a a pretty big Batman thread here. It's almost like it is kind of fun to read this as though like what if this was Bruce Wayne's real story yeah like how would he think about other heroes like what would he think it would be really interesting to see a a bruce wayne story told from this point of view like where you know there's a meeting with the justice league and it's like he's just he's just sitting there ragging on everybody in his own mind while he's sitting there sort of participating um you know like this is i would i would love to see maybe that exists
1: that may it may scratch your itch to read all-star batman and robin by frank miller oh yeah oh yeah like when he uh, totally destroys the green lantern by bringing him into a room that he's painted yellow. Oh jeez. He's like, what kind of idiot's <laughs> super weakness is a color?
0: <laughs> I love that. That might that and might be Re- yeah, really Robin good.
1: almost kills him.
0: <laughs> Rama almost kills Green Lantern or or Batman. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz they bring him into a yellow room and his power doesn't work on the color yellow, so he can't fight <laughs> either of these guys. And, you know, Robin totally like miscalculates him.
0: Wait, wait. So, what, what, what was the setup to that? Were they just like, "Hey, Green, hey, Hal, come here real quick." They're just like, "Come in, come in here."
1: I can't remember why they're trying to take him down.
0: What do you need, guys? No, just, just come in here. Just come in. We got to show you this in here.
1: (laughs) It's like I think the lights are out, and he flies through the window or something, and like flip the lights on, and it's yellow. Oh God. (laughs) I just remember. I'm pretty sure Batman has to perform an emergency tracheotomy on Hal Jordan. Oh God. It's pretty epic anyway like, oh,
0: robin no dick no you killed him so that is literally what happens <laughs> <laughs> oh shit this is going too far that would be amazing okay i'm gonna add that to my yeah, all-star right batman now. and robin
1: excellent
0: Miller. well that's my pick for this week any other questions that's awesome
1: no i i'm glad to hear that because as uh you know i looked up a couple of the, um when i was looking at jay lee's art uh, recognized that I had picked up at least a couple of issues of this one, and it just never stuck. So I think that idea of like me s- seeing the single issues, it-, it was harder to see where this was going to go, you know. Yeah. And especially knowing imagine, they were, I think I we knew imagine. at the time,
0: it just it would feel so disjointed. You need it is a it is a graphic yeah. novel. the The single issues are merely chapters right. of a full story.
1: And I now I want to give Silk Spectre another shake because that was another one where I really liked the creative team, which was Darwin Darwin Cook and Amanda Connor, mm-hmm. and uh, and just kind of gave up on it because I was like, where are the, where are we going? I don't need to see her childhood, you know. Yeah. There's uh, these
0: I'll say this: the Silk Spectre uh, storyline it's drawn very differently. Um, mm-hmm. It's much much more sort of 60s psychedelic teenager, yeah. you know. But there's some really cool story notes in there especially if you're familiar with who her her real father is Mm. there's a really cool uh scene or two in there um and it's a very small story like it's she's like she's kind of like west coast avengers you know it's like her Mm, in los angeles or san francisco or whatever somewhere on the east on the west coast before she even you know meets up with the
1: rest of the Watchmen. so it's kind of it's kind of gotcha okay interesting well um, um yeah. I, 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 until our next episode, you can find us online at panelism.inc. That's I N K. Uh, we are also panelism.inc on um, what's that thing? Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Uh, yeah. You should definitely check that out. Um, we're just posting a bunch of our favorite comic art and talking about a lot of the books that we have talked about on this podcast previously, which Dig into our, our uh, archives, you know, and we are on Stitcher and Google Play and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Podbean, and I don't know why I always mention Podbean. I just think it's <laughs> the funniest one.
0: Podbean is the Alta Vista
1: of the podcast environment in twenty. <laughs> it is the like host of of podcast <laughs> aggregators yeah uh yeah it definitely fit Podbean is like when your friend just gives you a cdr of like yeah. a, new, a new album yeah um, but yeah you know use them if that uh you know if that's what you're into um anyway uh so subscribe share with your friends we will be back on new comic book day next week with a new episode